Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast, where I talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now. Here in Season 3, we look forward to hearing from alumni across the globe about how Franciscan University has impacted their life and the lives of people around them. I'm your host, Christy Fleming, Class of 2010 and Director of Alumni Relations at Franciscan. Thanks for joining Legends from the Hill podcast. Today, we're excited to be joined by John Paul Von Arks. John Paul has a passion for music and sharing hope through his music. He can be found at johnpaulvonarks.com. We hope you'll enjoy this conversation and listen to some of his new music. Right, John Paul, welcome. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we've got a lot to hear and uh, learn about you, and we'd love to kind of go back to the beginning of where are you from and how did you land at Franciscan to study? Um, yeah, I mean, I, so I don't have any family members uh, that preceded me that have gone. I don't have like aunts or uncles. So I was the first person in my family to attend Franciscan, but my dad had gone to like defending the faith conferences for a while. So, um, but to, to back up to your original question, um, I, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. Um, a shout out to the Vogrances, the Birds, or uh, the Van Sistines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some families out there uh, that I always knew some, they're a little older than me and, you know, they, they went to Franciscan and came back with awesome stories and just a sense of joy. And I remember uh, my dad would occasionally go to the Defending the Faith Conference in the summer. And he took me and my brother once when I was like 12 or 13. So I, oh, I never wow. went to a youth, a conference. youth conference. No, but my dad <laughs> takes us to the apologetics conference. Oh, wow. You know, and, and most of it was just so far over my head. Uh, but I just remember coming to campus and I had just a powerful experience in adoration. It was that Saturday night of a conference. I mean, I was surrounded in in people, you know, like 30 years, 40 years older than yeah. me, at least. Um, but it was powerful. And I saw Paul Volgrens, you know, playing in the worship band. And I, at one point, like he gave us a shout out, like during mm-hmm. one of the gathering sections. And I just remember that as a 12 year old being like, this is awesome. Like, this is the best day of my life. Like, I know someone in the band. I'm like just learning guitar. Hmm. And then, you know, this powerful ex- experience of the Lord uh, moving in, in the Eucharist and in adoration. It was just the, kind of that classic Franciscan moment it happened for me. Yeah, at a, a Defending the Faith conference. Wow, like really young at a conference. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I remember it was like my grandpa, my dad, and my older brother and I drove in from Illinois. And we stayed on lower campus at Bonaventure hmm. Hall. And yeah, this was the first time I'd ever been here. And it was just incredible. Wow. Just walking to campus. And now, now obviously, I, I work here at Franciscan. But, um, and I, I you sometimes forget that first time experience. But every time I think about it, it's like, oh, I look at all the visitors coming to this place and all the parents saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful my you know, son or daughter decided to come here. Just that first time Franciscan experience is like such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think of that often. I'll get like a whiff of like a memory or something of like, wow, yeah, that was the very beginning mm-hmm. and where I've come or the university has come. It's, it's, I mean, there's something to it. I mean, even like, you know, talking to admissions and they say you know it's it's like one thing to go to our website it's one thing to apply but as soon as like people step on campus for you know like a campus visit and just feel that the aura here there's something different you know Mm -hmm. and I I experienced that as a 12 year old you know I I didn't Mm -hmm. I wasn't even looking for colleges or aware of looking for colleges 
but just the presence of God is is palpable. Hmm. Wow. So was it then a given when you did start to look for colleges? This is, was it, or how <laughs> did you choose that? Well, that's a great question, and there's a lot of time in between. So I, I eventually transferred into Franciscan as a 22 year old, like second semester sophomore. Okay. Um, and somewhere along the way in high school and shortly out of high school, I I just was like Franciscan's too pricey. Like there's no way. You know, like um, I'd be able to afford it. And so that was what I had just like told myself and believed. And, it, and there's uh, something to be said, like it, it was true. It's, it's it's a little pricey to come here, but I didn't even look at options like to try to make it mm-hmm. affordable. I just like convinced myself it was out of range. Okay. And uh, but in the meantime, like from the time I was graduating high school, I, I was homeschooled. Um, I was really starting to get uh, more and more um skilled at playing guitar and I started applying to bands and started touring like professionally right out of high school. So like 120 nights a year playing just lead guitar oh for, yeah, it was a really fun time. I mean, for a couple of years with a country band, they were regionally based in Illinois and we did, I got to meet like my heroes, like Brad Paisley is one of my top, you know, inspirations for, for playing guitar, songwriting and wow. just everything. I got to meet him, got to play at all these music festivals with my heroes and just, you know, from the time I was like, you know, 18 to 20, you know, 20 and a half, I was in that band and, and, and I always had a strong faith life throughout. Yeah. I was going to ask, what is the culture like (laughs) of being in a band 120 some nights? It's kind of boring, you know, for me to describe. It's not like I have like this massive conversion. Well, dude, I was living like this (laughs) life of complete debauchery and then, yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I, I wasn't, um, I was, I, I would say this, I, I was intensely lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was definitely an ache and I was struggling to reconcile like, Lord, you've given me these gifts of like entertaining or playing guitar in the only, you know, place that I know how to use those gifts is in this type of a setting. And I loved like the street festivals or like the, the country music festivals, the fairs, um, the private events were awesome. I just didn't like like the nightclubs and the bar scene. You know, by the time, you know, our second or third set would start, it's just like, I don't, why are we doing this? Like, everyone's drunk. I, mm. I'm just not, you know, I would just, I, I would, honestly, I would pray for the people. I would start, I had like a little deliverance bread, pray like every, every before every set mm. and just try to, you know, break the plane of that's a person in the band. Whenever someone would come up, I'd be really intentional, just stare them in or not stare, but look them in the eye, give them a handshake and just just try to try to meet them in their personhood. And, you know, and I had a lot of amazing conversations in that time, um, prayed with some people. Hmm. I mean, it's just amazing once people like perceive like, oh, are you Christian? Then they start being like, oh, dude, I grew up Christian or hmm. man, I haven't been to church in a while. Or I mean, everyone's got a heart and a story. And just because you don't expect it in certain scenes, I, I found that you know, just because you don't expect it doesn't mean it's not there. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, right underneath the surface, everyone's searching. and Right, right. So so did you know fairly quickly this isn't going to last? Like, I can't maintain this forever? Or were you like, eh, I can do this. This will be my life. <laughs> no, I. It, it, was the, it was the confusion of it. Like I alluded to is I love entertaining. I love playing music. And I love country music, um, like secular music. But there was just there's an ache. And I think now, like being married and, and having a baby and just honestly, just I, since I turned like 30, I, I just there's 
so much like, okay, I'm looking back at my 20s. What was this last decade? It was insane. Like I traveled mm. all over the place, played like a thousand live performances, you know, in that, that from where I started in this first band to where I'm at now, you know, is, is so different than where I thought it would be. But it's been such a good thing. I've had to really rely on God. And, and there's something like, I mean, I got offers to go to Nashville and play for people in I mean, I, I still, I see some of the people that I got offers for, you know, like in like headlines now. And it's like, oh, that was, hmm. that could have been an awesome moment, you know, or hmm. yeah, sometimes I look back and wonder what could have been, or should I have moved to Nashville? And that was always like the logical next step, mm -hmm. but there was just nothing in my heart that wanted to go to Nashville. <laughs> I had bigger questions and I'm like, Lord, who are you? I want to know that you have a plan for my life, not just the industry has a plan for people that have my skill set. Hmm. So you know, eventually I think just leaning on him and it's been maybe like less glamorous mm -hmm. of a lifestyle than some of my friends who have had a lot more success. Um, but I, I also just, I, I'm so much more fulfilled mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very, very grateful for, for the progression and, and where I've ended up with that. Yeah. It's funny because I picture you as somebody who's on campus doing music, but also traveling around fairly often doing music so it's you're probably like this is nothing compared to what I was doing but it's yeah just a very different uh, role of of doing music yeah yeah I mean it's it's funny because now like so I've, I've kind of been like Bob Rice's successor for the Steubenville Youth Conferences so on main campus so I'm, I'm like the worship leader and I have my own band now for all of the main campus conferences for for youth and every summer and and I'm I, it doesn't, it doesn't even hit me, I think, because I, I never was, that was never like one of my ambitions. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't set out from the time I was 12. I just want to be like right. Brad Paisley, Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, like, I'm like, Lord, I know you're there. All these band people are awesome, but now full circle, like I'm, I'm in that role and people are coming up with that same kind of experience. Right. That's amazing that as a 12 year old, now you are full circle and get to be that same person. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. It doesn't really hit me. Cause you just, I don't know, like maybe it's, maybe it's just cause I'm a guy and like a little bit, um, like, just like aloof or just like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> uh, but there's something just absolutely awesome about seeing God working in people's lives and looking out on people and just realizing you know, especially at the youth conferences, knowing like, I don't know where these kids are coming from or what they're going back to, mm -hmm. but I absolutely do know that they won't be able to like unexperience their experience this weekend. You know, I don't know what depth or level that this will hit them, but they've been in the presence of God for hours, you know, in front of the Eucharist uh, at mass. They've heard amazing talks. They've hopefully mm -hmm. gone to confession. They won't be able to unexperience, you know, mm -hmm. the presence of Christ and moving forward, they will have this experience, you know, regardless of how mm -hmm. how deeply it takes root or not. I, I That's just powerful to be part of that, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, that's amazing. Very cool. Well, I love seeing the full circle of that and how <laughs> God can work and, yeah, satisfy those desires. Like, yeah. you love music. You love being able to, like, lead people in that. And now mm -hmm. it's, yeah, kind of in a combination of ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I, th I see that a lot, too. I mean, I work here uh, on campus as like coordinator of worship and mentor, you know, like the FOP team and Tuesday Night Praise and Worship team and help out with the rest of the music ministry as well. And 
you know, my main driving force for it is like, I, I'm not doubting anyone's heart for the Lord um, or the fact that he's given you skill set, but you, you have to really work at your skill set too so that when you come to serve, you're not focused on, hmm. am I going to hit the chords? You know, you're not focused hmm. on the craft. Like you should be, you know, it, it's called like effortless mastery is the term that we've used. And you should you should be competent enough for whatever you're going for. It could be just strumming the guitar, but you should mm-hmm. know how to play every chord without even thinking mm-hmm. about it and know how to sing that song. And so I came in, I came into the worship kind of scene, quote unquote, with a ton of country music experience, or I would say industry experience, mm-hmm. knowing how to work with uh, in-ear monitors, uh, play like mm-hmm. to a click track, uh, even with playing with backing tracks. And so it was like such a natural fit just to jump up for one of the conference and have this top of the line production. Um, and the, it, but the, the benefit, I was like, oh, I'm doing what I've done for years. Now I just get to do it in, in like, it's a prayer or leading people in prayer. Um, it's for like a, a deeper purpose in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, but for the students I work with sometimes, that's like a really difficult jump because I, I like love the Lord, but all of this industry stuff is a distraction mm-hmm. and I'm not used to it. I'm mm-hmm. kind of anxious. How do I pray? So it, it was kind of cool. Like I had a like an opposite experience of most people, I think, mm-hmm. in that. So I, I don't think like practical experience can be underwritten. Like I have no regrets of being a part of mm-hmm. any of the bands I was a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So were you doing worship music previously or was this kind of a new uh, genre in general because you were just in country? Um, yeah, I mean, I would occasionally, I'd say like towards the end of my time with that that first band when I was like 20 21 um the Newman Center at DeKalb, in DeKalb Illinois Northern Illinois University offered to give me like a free place to stay and it was close to where this band was based out of hmm. and so if I played like for their Wednesday night holy hour hmm. and it was so funny because I'd been to holy hours with worship music and obviously know how to play guitar but I had no clue what I was doing. Like, <laughs> I was so nervous. There were like four people in adoration. It was so small and the lights were down. And I played for thousands of people. And I was I was so <laughs> nervous. Wow. You know, and I, I think I, I played the song We Fall Down. And it like I started singing it. And I, I, I'm like I sing. I, I don't consider myself like a singer. Um, and everyone just starts like turns around. Even the priest turned around. I was in the back. <laughs> Because it was like, we fall down. Because like, all I'd ever listened to is country. So I'm like, how do you say, you have to sing this song. That's what you're doing in adoration. And it's like, all I've ever heard is like Alan Jackson singing. And that's how they sound. So I'm like, that's how you sing. That's normal. Yeah. That's what singing is. And so it was just this funny moment of like, oh, gosh, I have no clue what I'm doing. Or it's just so stylistic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it <laughs> So that was like my kind of my first time like really leading. Okay. And it was kind of, it was just funny. I just, it humbled me, which was really good for me at the time. Mm-hmm. It's still good for me to get humbled, but um, <laughs> I led occasionally. I got more comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're doing all that. You're touring country music, all that. How do you get to, to Franciscan? How do you come here to study? Um, I, I got off of a tour that, uh, you know, it was with a band out in Portland, Oregon. I was I was playing with that band, and we'd finished a, like a, a tour of the country. It was, uh, you know, like a bus tour, hmm. and it was California all the way through the country up to New England. 
Um, and we even went to like Alaska, went down to Texas. Wow. It was like a, yeah, we did, we flew to Alaska. We, we flew back to the, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a crazy year. A lot of, um, a lot of travel and it's a really lonely experience in, in some ways, like just when a group of musicians that maybe you haven't grown up together, hmm. all fly in, like everyone has a different set of habits. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the first year of marriage, you know, you know, like that's such a practical learning hmm. experience, but without the benefit of like grace, it being, you know, <laughs> it's, it's temporary and mm -hmm. you're all just coming together over music. Like you don't have much more in common sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it just was horrible. I was, I was like lonely. Mm. Um, I was pretty anxious the whole time. And I'm like, Lord, I, like, I'm sorry. Like there's gotta be more, like, mm -hmm. I don't want to just keep, you know, jumping on these random tours or whatnot. And, um, yeah, but I learned a lot and God was really faithful. And there were some really amazing people on that tour too that helped me a lot. But mm -hmm. at the end of it, I just, I remember I was living in Chicago at the time. Um, just, I went through a breakup that was, uh, it was very difficult. And uh, I, I just, I was, I just lost it. I, I went to talk to my spiritual director, a priest in Rockford, Illinois. And he, he was like, dude, if you could, you know, like just, okay, let's just strip all this emotion that you're experiencing. <laughs> Uh, strip it aside. What, like, if there's anything you could do, what would you do? And it just, it just came right back. Like, I remember that conference experience when I was mm. 12. And it's like, I remember feeling the way I felt when I was on campus of just Christ's presence. I know God is here. And I'm like, dude, I would go to Franciscan University of Steubenville. And I was like at a desperate place, <laughs> and you know, where I, I was like, I don't even care that I've told myself it, it's, it's out of my mm -hmm. price range. Like, it's not for, you know, I, I can't do that. Um, I just was at like a desperate place and I'm like, I just, I need a, a complete reset because I just am so confused by everything in my life right now. And I want to go there and I don't want to live on the road anymore hmm. without knowing that I've got people in my life and in my corner that mm -hmm. like day in and day out, I know, and I know I could build some really amazing relationships here in addition to the ones I have from back home. Mm -hmm. So I, it just, it just, it was so clear, like go to student. Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And did you know what you wanted to study or what to do there? Or you were just like, get me to Steubenville. Just get me there. <laughs> um, I came in as I, I was uh, studying a little bit at the time. I'd been going to community colleges in between my time on the road. And so I came in with uh, like an associate's degree or two associate's degrees, like just a bunch of random oh, credits, wow. really. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was staying busy. Most of it was like business stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just finish off a bachelor's in business. That will help my music stuff moving forward. But within one semester, um, I switched to catechetics. And, mm -hmm. and I jumped on the phone with the same priest who was helpful in, in, in helping me realize that I had, the Lord was inclining me to come to, to Franciscan. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, open up the course catalog and like read through all the descriptions of all the classes and like what's jumping off the page mm -hmm. to you. And I'm like, dude, honestly, all of them are the catechetics classes. Like I... I couldn't really explain it. It was kind of annoying because I never wanted to be a youth minister or mm -hmm. I, I was, you know, I, I just didn't. And, but I was like, man, I want I, these classes. Just, there was something just mm -hmm. drawing me to them. So then I, I changed my major. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I have a bachelor's in catechetics. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. And you're using it, I would say. So that's yeah, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's cool because yeah, it's communicating the faith if in a nutshell mm -hmm. and even in the country music things that I do, I mean, even if you just say just communicating, mm -hmm. like systematically some type of a message, um, I, I do that at every event I do, whether it's like country mm -hmm. or worship. 
Um, so I, I just, it was so helpful in just organizing, you know, my brain a little bit and saying mm-hmm. like, when you come to serve the Lord, you know, you know, you must, you know, prepare right. and know, know the basics. And it, you want to make sure that you're communicating what he's communicated, right. not just what, you know, is like burning in your heart that is probably a little bit jumbled or, yep. you know, kind of all over the place, but well-intentioned, but mm-hmm. misdirected. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and then what did you get involved in when you were on campus and you're studying catechetics? What was life as a student of John <laughs> Paul like? Well, I was a second semester sophomore as a 22 year old. So I came in the spring of 2015. So I overlapped one semester with people that were my age. So that was kind of a weird experience. Um, so I moved in with these AMDG guys off campus because there was no more room mm. uh, in the dorms when I when I when I applied. And so they were all AMDG guys. And so I intended to AMDG because I'm like, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I need a, I need like a posse. I need a group. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was huge being part of AMDG. Um, I, I, I still there's some of my best friends to this day, mm-hmm. uh, my household brothers that I met in that time. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, those are to my fellow AM diggers listening. <laughs> this is the shout out. Um, I married a Stella girl too. Sarah wow. Bacha. <laughs> You're really just living the dream I here. Know, I, I like got off of that last tour and I'm like, I'm going to do the most stereotypical <laughs> Franciscan thing I can do. I led Tuesday night praise and worship. That's probably a stereotypical okay. Franciscan thing. There you go. Yeah, that was a great experience as a student. Hmm. Um, that was that was where I, I would say I really stepped into learning how to not just play music or pray or lead others in prayer is like to lead worship with music specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, those three semesters I led, I mean, it was like hours and hours of leading mm-hmm. and working with a team. That's where, I mean, that's what this place does is it allows young people the uh, ability to, to learn how to minister and to learn how to step into mm-hmm. what the Lord's calling them to do. You know, and, and I wouldn't be doing the conferences if I didn't have that experience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and there's such a difference of the formation and the the learning that Franciscan students experience. I mean, yeah, I did ministry all over the country, and seeing and experiencing Franciscan alums or students do worship is a very different experience. Yeah, there's something there's something to it, and I to be and I even work here, and I I don't even know what it is, but I think it's just an anointing. Like I think Father Mike mm. and his vision and what. God has chosen to do here. And it doesn't discredit other people's anointings mm-hmm. or charisms, but there's something about it that, and it, for me, it just feels like home. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a there's a special, special not meaning it's like better than anyone else. It's just unique um, anointing. And I don't know. It just feels like home. And mm-hmm. I always know, like, dude, that person went to Franciscan totally. when they start leading. Right. And probably to your to your comment of like, okay, I could do country music, but I couldn't do worship. Mm-hmm. Like, or you didn't know that. It's like, yeah, some people have a great voice and can sing or, you know, do whatever. But it's different when it's like your whole experience and who you are as a person mm-hmm. is being impacted and you're like sharing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I the one of my most impactful things I learned in the catechetics major was, was honestly just to read the the fourth section of the catechism on prayer. And it just starts out very simply, what is prayer? Um, and, it, and it says like a prerequisite to pray is to have a, a humble heart, which is is pretty basic. Like, okay, cool. But it's like only when we acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought, can we even begin to receive the gift of prayer from God. Mm-hmm. So it's even, it's God's gift. It's not like 
this initiative we bring to the table. Mm. But like showbiz and the entertainment industry is all like, what do you bring to the table? Like, mm. like show us your competencies. Mm. Make this engaging and don't show weakness yeah, or yeah. fault of any sort or humility. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like the litany of humility would never fly mm. at an award show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it, it's like like learning how to, to to well that took a while to wrestle and reconcile those things. But I think that the skill set and the comfortability with with playing music itself and with mm-hmm. singing. Um, allowed me to just wrestle on that one front with the Lord saying like, well, how do you want mm-hmm. me to do this? And it's only when we acknowledge we don't know how to do as we ought. It's like, well, I do know how I'm doing. Like, I know how to play all the chords. I know how to play the song. I know how to lead a team. I know what the song should sound like. But that's so different from from being docile to like, Lord, you know, where are you leading right here, right now? And it's that still small voice of someone else leading, not me leading, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit to uh, today and what you're doing now. So you still kind of have your feet in both the ministry and worship and also your own personal music. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about that and what is going on with your music? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in addition to working here at Franciscan and working with the the students um, in the worship teams uh, and doing conferences in the summer, I have a country music project. I still love country music. I still love playing guitar and uh, performing a lot. So, um, you know, I'm releasing new music and, and the whole the whole purpose of my like personal country music project is to inspire people to hope through music. So ultimately in God, like I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, every part of like my performance or uh, the songs I write and record, I bring hope to people. It could be just in a super unassuming like way or just give joy to people mm-hmm. but um it, or touching on like deeper things uh, like grief or whatnot and uh, just bring being like a light in the darkness a uh, you know, voice in the desert to people that would never step in their foot into a church you know mm-hmm. because i i love those people the country music crowd or the secular crowds that i played for i i miss those people and i i, I love them and i realized that you know these worship events that i'm part of so often are wonderful mm-hmm. but they're they're really only for the people that you know, would ever come to one mm-hmm. of those. Are choosing that. Yeah. What about like the millions and millions of people that like, uh, for whatever reason are like, no, that's not my thing. Or dude, I I don't even know where to begin relationship with God, the father, um, or I, I church isn't for me. I'll just get struck with lightning. Mm-hmm. I heard that so often <laughs> in the country music world. Um, but there's this misconception that church is for perfect people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you know, and there's like, well, my life isn't perfect. I want to be included there. But I'm like, dude, I think that's beautiful. I mean, that's humility. Mm-hmm. Those people, like right there, that's the prereq for prayer is humility. Mm-hmm. Like people in those environments don't usually have any problem saying like, dude, my life's kind of crazy. And that's that's why I live mm-hmm. the way I do to try right. to cover that up in some ways or medicate it or yep. um, giving hope to those people. Like they're kind of a lost demographic with this kind of crossover message. So that's that's where I really want to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's really cool. Um, so you're still putting out music. How do you do that, or what does that look like for you? Uh, you mean like like Spotify or? Yeah, and like, do you um, like are you performing, traveling, mm-hmm. or is it yeah Spotify and all that? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So like, I I still travel. I do a lot of worship events, um, uh, especially since COVID. Ironically, I was doing pretty much. 
80% country events before COVID, 20% worship, and it's flipped the other way. Hmm. Now it's like 80% worship hmm. and 20% country. Um, but I'm stepping more into the country world again, uh, but like with more of a crossover message. Um, and so wherever I get calls, I mean, it's it's kind of a case-by-case basis. But I mean, from like first Friday on 4th Street in downtown Steubenville, um, playing with a full band or mm-hmm. various functions or even like parish festivals, I play like a good amount of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, they could be just straight up secular or crossover things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love just entertaining people, mm-hmm. you know, and Great. bringing a message. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, so it's exciting because this month you have a new uh, video that you're promoting of one of your songs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really awesome. So tell us about it. Yeah, so this song, um, and I think that this song kind of encapsulates my uh, my mission is is to inspire people to hope through music. Um, and like a wide audience. And this song is about my little brother, Sam, who has Down syndrome. And he's the ninth in our, in our family. He's, uh, he's just the best. Um, he's, he's definitely, we all joke like he's, he's, our, he's our favorite sibling, you know. <laughs> uh, all of us uh, unanimously agree on that. But I wrote a song about him and his life and just the impact it's had on me as a brother, just a brother's perspective, what it's like to have uh, a brother with special needs. And so we, we did a music video to accompany it, just to put a visual to the song. But like I said, the song is called He's Different. And, um, I, you know, be, I always share like at a, a show, you know, hey, before my brother was born, um, I, I didn't really know how to treat people or engage people with special needs. So I would just keep them at arm's length, like not out of animosity or whatever. I just didn't want to do something wrong. And so I just would like keep a distance because I'm like, I don't know how to talk to them. And I don't I don't want to do something wrong. And I don't know why I thought that, but that's just mm-hmm. what I did. Mm-hmm. But when I was 14, he was born. And I'm like, oh, dude, he, he's, he's just my brother. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like he's my brother. And you just, you just like you would be with everyone else. And just maybe it's a little harder to understand what they're saying or, but you just have to go and treat him like a person, look him in the eye, you know, smile, you know. Um, and so I, I just want with this project to kind of bridge the stigma, bridge mm-hmm. the gap, you know, between, you know, people that don't have any experience with people with special needs uh, like kind of like I used to be before he was born. Um, and then in addition to that, I really want to give hope to expectant parents of people with Down syndrome, babies mm-hmm. with Down syndrome, because I think that there's there's kind of, there's a, definitely a war going on. Like every every couple I've talked to that uh, found out, you know, in utero that their baby has Down syndrome, um, every single couple I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of couples at different events after sharing this song and like every one of them is like, I, I was actively, you know, pressured to quote unquote, take care of mm-hmm. this issue saying like, oh, you know, if you continue this pregnancy, you know, you'll, you'll never have a, like a retirement or you're going to spend like every waking moment of your life, like taking care of them, or they'll never be able to live on their own or eat or like, I mean, it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. the things I've heard. And, um, and, and that just kind of breaks my heart because I know, I know my brother and he's mm-hmm. he's just he's he's brought so much joy and peace to our family um in the midst of yeah it, it's not convenient to take care mm-hmm. of someone who is a little bit slower to learn things or is a little bit has trouble communicating needs um there's frustration involved like it's not easy mm-hmm. um in my brother's like pretty high functioning i mean there's some families that that it really is like an all-encompassing sacrifice it's true mm-hmm. but that's not the point. The point is that these are children of God and they have dignity, mm-hmm. you know, that's God given. 
And that that message isn't being told enough, especially not told in a in a secular realm. So I want to use like this opportunity to use a country song and just show like the dignity of my brother's life, mm-hmm. i.e. like that's the dignity of all people with special mm-hmm. needs. And I just want that to be an accessible message, hopefully to change the way people look at and view special needs, especially expectant parents mm-hmm. with genetic testing now. So Right. Yeah. That's kind of what struck me when I first listened to it and and saw it. I was like, man, it's it's not easy. And I think everybody knows that. But having that hope of it's worth it. Like I love the mm-hmm. underlying message that you have of like he's different than me and it's beautiful. Like the joy that he has, the pure love that he has. Uh, just the way that he's able to approach life is so refreshing and beautiful. And um, yeah, I have a cousin who has Down syndrome and I experienced that with her and seeing her life that it's just like pure and beautiful and good. Mm. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, it's really, I feel like people do need that hope because there's a lot in the world that it's like, okay, you're not going to succeed as much or you're not going to grind, have that, you know, work grind the American way quite Mm. the same um, but how beautiful their life is just because they are children of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the whole, like the battleground is just that we need to uh, uphold their dignity as, as Christians and they're not able, able to advocate for themselves. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is, is they're, they're the best. Like they're literally the best <laughs> among us. Like they're, they're, they're like, I don't, I don't know who I'd be or where I'd be without my brother, mm-hmm. you know, and just. His, his simplicity, you know, I mean, I do all these shows and play for all these people and they would be like, yo, dude, that was awesome. Like, this is great. But like when I would come home, you know, when all of that was said and done and my brother was just like, John Paul, like he didn't care that I played music. He was just so excited to see me. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like almost everyone else in my life just wanted to know like, hey, so what did you do? How was it? How was the mm-hmm. show? He just was excited to see me. Um, and, and there's something about that. Like, dude, mm-hmm. you are so unencumbered by, you know, like the details or the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You just see the person in front of you. Yeah. Like he's able to give you the dignity of who you are yeah. from God that's outside of what you're accomplishing and, you know, your resume and all of those things. And, and that's like the classic, you know, Lord, you use the weak to lead the strong. I, I think about that verse a lot with my brother because what you just said, 100%. I mean, he affirms my dignity. And here I'm like, oh, I'm affirming my brother's dignity and people with special needs. It's like, no, that's actually what they do for us. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So how has he responded or your family? Like I'm I'm sure writing a song about your family in that situation is really personal. So how has that kind of been received and how did you go about deciding to do that? Um, I mean, everyone was like really excited about it. Everyone loves Sam uh, so much, Uh, especially my parents, I think. It's like there's definitely moments like oh man I'm getting, like playing playing it live you know like if my parents are there um, like just seeing my mom and dad like cry because I like I know you know I know the stress or you know the, the sacrifices that they've made and I think that just validating that mm-hmm. for them is like a a big deal it's easier being a sibling to someone with special needs than a parent. Hmm. You know, uh, because I don't necessarily have the overt responsibility of taking care of all of his needs, at least at Mm -hmm. this present stage in my life. And so, you know, I can kind of keep that bird's eye view of the beauty of their lives, but they're the ones actually really, really grinding away day in and day out to make sure Sam's needs are met. And so 
seeing their response when I first started playing the song, that that's kind of what I've held on to saying like, okay, not only do we want to give hope to expectant parents, but we want to tell this story and just validate all the parents that, you know, have, you know, you know, like have a, a member in their family with special needs mm-hmm. and just say, God bless you. Like we, we see you, you guys are the best, like you, you know, you are so close to God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just validating that because that's a story that doesn't really get told that much, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. What is what is your expectation of kind of how this song will be received in like industry wide and, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're saying, like country music industry. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you, I, this is in this maybe is just like my own like whatever as an independent artist. Like oh, I don't need them or insecurities. It's like no, I, <laughs> I. It's there's like parts of the industry that are awesome and then there's parts of it that I, I just loathe. And I think every artist would say that. And um, even those that are like signed and et cetera. But there's part of me that's just like I all I know about this song is I believe it's a gift from God and I'm supposed to give it to people. I'm not commoditizing it. I'm not um, I mean, like the streaming revenue that it will gain, even if it got millions of views, would barely cover the cost of production for mm-hmm. the video. So it's not like. I just I, I I believe that I'm not supposed to commoditize this or make it like a marketing campaign for anything other than to get the word out there to mm-hmm. spread hope. So keeping the integrity of the message, just like it's like that's like who my brother is. Mm-hmm. That's his life. I want this the whole marketing of this to to reflect that. And therefore, it's all people to people. Mm-hmm. I have ambassadors on board that are sharing the video, and uh, that community alone, it's been amazing. Like I've, I've called like 90 people on the phone. I had amazing conversations. And then one person said, hey, you need to call this other, you know, usually it's a parent. Most of them are mothers. Most of these Mm -hmm. are like Christian and Catholic mothers, you know, because they're the force to be reckoned with. They're the (laughs) ones that are going to actually, you know, share this to the people that need to hear it. So, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to be received, but I don't think that's my I've been just trying to, to take myself out of that part of it. I'm like, I don't really care how it's received. I do. Because, like, you always care about when your name's on something or how it will get received. But I've been really trying to just surrender every part of it, saying, like, this isn't about success as the industry would define it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if this causes, like, you know, one baby to be saved because a parent was like, wow, that was beautiful. I think Mm -hmm. I think that I think we can we can do this like this is there's there's hope. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if that's all that happens, like it's already like amazing, you know, that's awesome. Right, right. Yeah, to be able to share that with people to spread that word of hope mm-hmm. is, yeah, that's a beautiful message. There's, there's things about the music industry that it's just a lot of people are just using one another, you mm-hmm. know, and I just want to sidestep that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just exhausting. And so if it's small and independent and has the integrity or I'm able to at least follow what I believe God's asking me to do and keep mm-hmm. the integrity of that mission in check with with my wife Sarah, um, so be it. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and That's this wouldn't awesome. be happening without my wife. By the way, like she's done so much legwork, uh, just all the PR stuff, all the website stuff. Allie Davis, another alum alumna, is uh, doing uh, all the website. Uh, I have two grad assistant students that are working on all my social media. Oh my gosh! Look yeah. at you. So this is like a Franciscan project through and through. And uh, yeah. Yeah, like Martin Jernberg, who lives out in Went- Lander, Wyoming right now, he did all the videography uh, with his assistant, Chris Rand Matthews from uh, Brooklyn. Amazing. So, yeah. And where can people actually view it and look 
for all of it, the video, your music, all of that. I mean, uh, if you go to YouTube and just look up He's Different, John Paul Von Arks, uh, you'll see the the music video and there, everything that you'd need. Like there's links to music and website in the the notes of of that song. So Okay, yeah. awesome. Look it up, everybody, and share it with anybody you know and, yeah, everybody you know. Uh, please do. Yeah, just spread the hope far and wide. And, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very good. Well, can I take you back uh, to your college years to a couple questions, our hot takes from the Hill? Sure. Okay, so some rapid-fire questions. Who was your favorite professor? Um, uh, Dr. Cirilla. Ooh. Yeah, but with the caveat, I had Sister Johanna the most, and she would murder me if I didn't say her. So <laughs> Dr. Cirilla for his teachings now, but like now like Sister Johanna and I are like actually friends and like lunch buddies. Aww. So... Sister Johanna, you know, would be like the personal favorite, but like for as far as like the class itself, I really loved Dr. Cirillo's like theology of the church. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so your favorite class was? Um, I'm trying to remember the classes I took. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say theology of the church with Dr. Cirillo. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, what about your favorite place to study as a student? Assuming you studied a lot. <laughs> I was like, that presupposes uh, I was playing guitar. Um, Favorite place to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was my room. Uh, I would lived on just off of campus on Columbus Circle. I uh, had Billy Herman's house and I would study in my room. And in the only time I would study, like if I woke up early, I would do all my reading like in the morning. And then I would just from there go. I, I don't study well when other people are around. <laughs> Uh, just because I'm just so distractible. An extrovert? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm right on the line. Like, I I need time to recharge by myself. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, I really need people to, to not get, like, depressed. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Uh, what about your favorite campus activity as a student? Um, I really loved, I really loved being part of the Tuesday Night Praise and Worship team. Um, working with, like, I'm still friends with people that I was on, on team with and that was just an awesome time. Mm -hmm. And that's cool that now you get to give back and be a part of that yeah. with the other students. I know. I feel so old, too. I'm like, yeah, 10 years ago when I was doing this, uh, <laughs> we used to. They're like, oh, my gosh, dude, that song is so old. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm so hip. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I just can't win with the students. It's so funny. That's awesome. And finally, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, all over the place because I travel a lot. Right. Um, one, I think one of the, the coolest moments was I was just in D.C. walking across the street and another guy just like he was like on the other side of the crosswalk and he was walking towards me and I was wearing an AMDG hoodie and he's like, bro, I'm a household brother. And he was like he was like 10 years older than Aww. me. I, I forgot his name. I don't even remember who it was, but it was just such a cool moment. And it was around the time of the March for Life. OK, so there were people everywhere. But like it's just the fact that he he reached out to me. That was cool because I recognize people in other places. Mm -hmm. But then someone saw me as a Franciscan mm -hmm. student at the time in a different location. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's But fun. they're everywhere. I, I travel all over the place. And I, I see Franciscan grads everywhere. It's yeah. great. It's fun to see household sweatshirts like in an airport <laughs> or somewhere yeah. that it's kind of out of context. You're like, wait. Wait, I know that sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is that allowed in here? Yeah. Does TSA allow for household gear? <laughs> exactly. Everybody check it out. Take a look, download, share all the things. And <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and thank for you, sharing your message and all that 
uh, you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And thanks for all you're doing here. This is so cool that you've made this space now for the alum. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you know an alumni with a story to tell? We want to share legends from the entire university history and would love your suggestions. Email us at alumni at franciscan.edu. And I'll be back here in two weeks with a new conversation you won't want to miss.